Welcome to episode seven of the BBL Show. I'm Drew Lasker, along with Jay Marriott, and we got Mike Tuck back in the house. The road trip sees us visit the home of the Cheshire Phoenix. Always good to be here in Cheshire. We got a jam-packed show ready for you. We catch up with Coach Ben Thomas as he talks practice. We go defensive tips with Marcus Evans, and Mike catches up with Commonwealth gold medalist Jamal Anderson. Then it's the mid-season awards and our WBBL focus. We catch up with BBL legend David Alyu, and then top 10 plays of the week. Things get burning in Hot Topics. Trophy final MVP Larry Austin Jr. joins the set. Before all of that, we kick things off with Cheshire Phoenix GM James Bryce. As the Phoenix celebrate 10 years, stay locked. Ten years, yeah, we've come a long way as a club. Um, lots of ups and downs, you know, lots of players come and go, but, you know, we're still here as the strongest the franchise has ever been. So it's an exciting time to be part of the Phoenix organisation. Winning the trophy last season uh, was amazing, you know, we're massive underdogs, but I think winning the, the first one um, of the Phoenix franchise in 2018 was definitely special for the fans. It's very community-based, it's very tight-knit. Um, so seeing the fans and the people involved that work at the club is, I know it's, it's, it does sound cliche, but it is family-orientated. So that was a real special moment in 2018 to win that in Birmingham. It was very emotional. Um, ben did a great job that season. Um, you know, we, it's really difficult to win trophies in the, in the BBL for a club like us. So for us to win two in, um, in recent times, um, is, we're very proud of it. And you know, we're, we're trying to get better every year, but to win them two in Glasgow last year, to beat London, again, we were massive underdogs. We, we took half of Ellesmere Port and the Cheshire fan base to, to the, um, up to Glasgow. It was, it was special. These are the moments that we, um, we kind of do it for. So. It's a, it's a big deal for a club like Cheshire. Our programmes are, are thriving right now. It's taken a, you know, a long time to build up over the years. Lots of people have been involved with it. But where it's at now, it's kind of it's the real bedrock of, uh, of the club. And the club wouldn't be as successful as it is right now and with the crowds that we get and the players that we're able to attract and the trophies that we've won without the community foundations that in place. Um, you know, we're in lots of, nearly every primary school in the area, high school, we've got a thriving junior programme. Um, you know, we've got adults, adult basketball sessions for people who just never picked up a ball before. Um, we have the pro players engaging with them every now and again, which is always fun. So it, it's very broad, but it's enjoyable. Um, you know, we, we've been doing it a long time, so it's, uh, it's, it's something we like doing, but it's also very important. Winning the trophy, winning the cup um, over the past four or five years is something that we're really proud of, but I think I think see, just hearing the stories of the fans and the fan base, you know, they've come through the community programme, that they have a real connection with the team. Um, like I've said before, the, the staff on the team are all kind of been part of the franchise in one way or another over the past few year, over years. Um, that's really proud, like a proud moment to see and people enjoying it and families coming year after year and special bonds with players and, and staff, like that is, I, I could go on, there's lots of proud moments, but I, I guess winning, winning trophies is, is the proudest. But I think just seeing the whole community feel of the club and how far it's going and developing, 
um, is exciting and something that myself and Ben and, and the, the staff, like the chairman Gary and Mike Burton, who's been involved for a long time, um, that's a really proud thing for us to see and watch and be part of. The future of the franchise, um, well, you know, it, it's exciting, I want to say that. You know, we're, we're getting better every year, um, on the court and off the court. Our community programme grows every year. I think we put better teams on the floor each year. Um, I think that, you know, with the new investment into the league, it is an exciting time for, elite, for the league as a whole. Um, but I think, you know, the future of Cheshire Phoenix is, is bright and let's see, watch this space. Great to hear from GM James Bryce. Let's go to one of the key figures of the franchise. I'm here with coach Ben Thomas. You've just finished practice. How was it? How are things going? Yeah, we had a good session. Obviously, we've been struggling with numbers recently with Will and Mike out. So having 10 guys on the court was really good. Um, got through a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah. What, what was the focus today without giving away too much? Like, what were you working on today? Well, we've got to play Leicester at the weekend on uh, Friday. So um, just looking at how we're going to attack their pick and roll defence because they threw a lot of different coverages that was last time. So just going over that. Mid-season, kind of. Give, it, give us an honest review of where you're at and what you want to achieve after this now, moving forward. Um, I mean, we're pretty content with being in fourth place at the moment. We've got a positive record, which is good. Um, but we are disappointed that we've dropped a few games. Um, you know, Bristol twice, Sheffield, Plymouth at the start of the season. We feel like if, you know, we only drop half those games, we're right there with Bristol and Leicester fighting for second place. So, um, a little bit disappointed, but, you know, we know we can uh, what we can achieve in the second half of the season. Yeah, so moving forward, it's just trying to put like a little bit more level consistency together. Yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of there's teams in this league that you have to beat, okay? Like I just said, the Bristols, we have to beat them. If we want to get anywhere in this league, we have to beat them. And we've got to beat um, Glasgow, Caledonia. We've got to beat Sheffield. You know, the, the tougher ones, the Londons and Leicesters, especially away at their place, like, it's going to be tough for us. But there's are games that we know that we have to win and we have to perform. Yeah, understand. So obviously double header this weekend. I think for the fans, what, what they'd like to know is just a little bit more about how you prepare for these double headers. You know, there's some people maybe focus on the first game, get that out of the way and then go to the second game, bit of half and half. How do you personally prepare for those games? Yeah, I think we just look at Friday. Okay, obviously we've got time on uh, Saturday to go through film and talk about Manchester and luckily we only played Master, uh, Manchester a couple of weeks ago. So um, that's still pretty fresh in our mind what, how, what they're running and stuff like that. So yeah, our focus up until Friday is just Leicester. Let's concentrate on them, do the best we can there. Yeah, so obviously assistant coach Danny Byrne in with you as well. Like give us a, a little flavour of those roles um, about how he kind of prepares the team in terms of analysis and things like that. So just give us a flavour of that. Yeah, so Danny works closely with Tom Fletcher, like our performance analyst, and um, they go through all the scouts, all the data, you know, keys to win, all that sort of stuff, put it together and then, um, you know, communicate that with me. And then we obviously communicate that with the rest of the team. We've got an app that we use and stuff like that. So yeah, what they do is really helpful and the guys benefit a lot from it. Yeah, well, let, let's finish with this. You're now a dad, congratulations. Young Ruben in your life. You know, give us your feelings around that. It's obviously very, very new for you. Yeah, very new. Um, it's a very strange, very emotional experience, um, but amazing, you know, credit to Rachel, what she's been for over the last few days, like that's, that's tough and seeing it firsthand, like it's absolutely amazing. So yeah, really proud of her and yeah, just excited to see what the future holds. Coach Ben, thanks very much. We are going to throw it down the other end where Marcus Evans is going to give us some defensive insight.
Last season, this guy was known as a bucket getter, but this year he's been a pest on the defensive end, currently leading the British Basketball League in steals. I'm here with Marcus Evans. So in the offseason, was defense a focus of yours? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily like I was focused on it, but um, it's all about situations. So coming into this team, um, I knew that was one of the things that I wanted to key on that I could help the team out with. So there was a lot of scorers on the team. So I kind of took pride in that once I got part of the team. And what's so fascinating is that you got three guys on the same team in the top three in steals. Yourself, of course, with 2.6, followed by Larry Austin and then Jamel Anderson. Is, is there friendly competition between you three? Um, if you had asked him, I'd say no, but I, I'm, I'm telling you, Larry be stealing my steals during the game. So I, I think deep down, there's definitely a competition going on. Well, I'm gonna put you on the spot. They're not here right now. So who's the better defender? Uh, hands down, it's me. I, I'll tell you, Larry, Larry's a great defender, but Larry's gonna foul. I'm, I'm the best defender straight up. No foul, no hands. So one other thing that I've been impressed with by studying your game is you got this little poke from behind still. Kind of walk us through that. Yeah, so uh, usually, I mean, it really depends on uh, my health defense because uh, I don't want to put my team at too much of a disadvantage. So I know if I have multiple guys on my team on this side, uh, usually most of the time I'll let the defender get a little bit by me, get on his hip, mm -hmm. and most defenders don't throw the ball ahead of them. So I'll get a chance to tip it right uh, behind him. And like I said, with a teammate there, usually it gets a chance to tip right to him and we get out in transition. So um, it really just depends on where my health defense is because if I'm by myself, I know I'm putting my team at a big disadvantage. And you know if you don't get it, you're going to hear Coach Thomas' mouth, right? 100%. High risk, high reward on that one. It's your versatile when you're talking about steals. You get a lot of your steals off the ball as well. But what I like is that you get them within the structure of your defense. Because I know a lot of guys who get steals off the ball, normally they kind of roaming out of, the, out of their defensive principles. And if they don't get it, then your defense is compromised. So I want you to walk us your thought process while you're off the ball, we'll bring Jay up into the mix. Classic Drew Lasker, he only ever lets me pass. I'm sorry that you know how to pass. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so usually uh, off ball is a lot to do with my teammates because they talk to me a lot, so they let me know which steals I can and can't go for. Um, but usually I'm trying to read the passer more than I'm reading the guy. So I know if uh, he's throwing it on the inside, I'm jumping on the inside quick. But uh, if I see that he's trying to lead away and he knows that I'm getting ready to reach for the steal, I'll switch last second and go out for the outside steal. So, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a lot about reading the passer more than it is reading my man. Okay, so what if I'm engaging to you here and then I pop out late to receive it? Right, so uh, so the moment I get some body contact, I know you're, I'm getting ready to get a push off. So I usually hold this arm a little bit so he can't push me and then throw myself forward. So I still have a little bit of momentum. So a little bit of fouling goes into it. But like I said, if the, if the ref can't, See, he can't call. It's a physical gang. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but this gentleman right here is seventh all time in the BBL for steals, 619. Currently, Marcus, you are sat at 81. What kind of longevity do you think you need to catch this guy? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not even scratching his service right now. I might have to go for some steals I shouldn't have to catch up to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate that, yeah. but you're on your way, 2.6. You're doing a great job and you're doing it within the scheme. Really, really love the way that you play. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Marcus. We're heading over with Mike Tuck, who's catching up with Commonwealth gold medalist and familiar face to the show, Jamal Anderson. Jamal, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Now, Jamal, I remember my early years in my career going up against you in your first year of your career with the Essex Pirates. That was 13 seasons ago. How have you been able to prolong your career? 
Man, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of answers to that question. I think uh, taking care of my body, obviously, is really important. Um, eating healthily, like that's something that I've been trying to take care of over the years. Um, and sleep, man. Like people don't respect sleep enough, and that's kept me feeling feeling really good. You really started to make a name for yourself uh, when you went to the Leicester Riders. Then you had obviously had stints with the Knicks, and then over to the Manchester Giants. How has your BBL career played out in your mind? Uh, it's been a, a learning process. I think every year I've tried to learn as much as I can um, from the veterans that I've played with. Um, you know, there's so many players to name. Um, that I've tried to pick up as much information as I can. Um, and I'm still doing that now. Even at 32, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to improve every day. Now we fast forward to this season. You're back here on familiar grounds with the Knicks. How does it feel to be back? And do you feel like this has been a career year for you? Yeah, I mean, being at Chester Phoenix is, is it's a great place to be because I feel comfortable here. Like they look after me, the the staff, the players are really nice people um, and we want to win. So that's my kind of uh, environment. Uh, so yeah, it's, a really, it's really good to be back. Uh, and I think, yeah, I'm having a good year because of that. Now we were teammates on the 2018 Commonwealth Games with Basketball England. We saw your return to the games this summer in the 3x3 format where you took home gold. What sort of impact did that have on you heading into this season? Well, I mean, I have to carry it around with me. Oh <laughs> man, you had to do it to us, huh? You had yeah, to do it so, to us. I mean, honestly, um, probably one of the biggest achievements uh, in, my, in my career to date, um, just being able to do that for the English fans in England um, and with a great group of guys as well. Um, it's something that I'm very thankful for and something that I'll never forget. Now people close to you will know all about your dad. And if you haven't seen his dad, make sure you go check him out on social media. This guy looks like he could be in better shape than us put together. How big of an influence has he had on you on the longevity of your career? Yeah, I mean, if you want to check him out, he's got his Instagram, my live to train. Um, but yeah, so me and my little brother, my little brother plays football uh, pretty high level as well. And from a young age, he had us like making sure we're stretching, making sure we're going for a run um, and just making sure we're taking care of our bodies. So for that influence from a young age, I think it's, it's had a huge effect on me as a, as a person and as a player. Um, again, very thankful for it. And yeah, he's definitely fitter than both of us. <laughs> well, Jamel, thanks for your time, my guy. Thanks, appreciate it. Still to come on this episode of the BBL Show, Mike and I get a visit from BBL legend David Aliou. We've got top 10 plays of the week. Things get burning in hot topics. We sit down with superstar Larry Austin Jr. But up next, we shift things over to the women's game in our WBBL Focus. This week's WBBL Focus sees us go to the mid-season awards. We're talking about players and coaches we feel deserve to be talked about. So let's get straight into it, go to the top. It's the MVP award. This one, I'm going with Ashley Arlen. Now the numbers perhaps support some other candidates, but I'm going for impact right here. She has transformed the Leicester Riders franchise into a team that is fighting for league honors and making finals. Coach of the year, I'm picking Kramesh Patel. He's transformed this Leicester Riders franchise and he's turning them into a contender. Defensive player of the year, I've gone with Azania Stewart. She is the voice and the backbone of that London Lions defense. Sixth woman, I've gone with Daniela Turner. 
the import making a huge impact in Essex. And I know by the end of the season, she's gonna be a starter. But right now she has been in and out of the rotation and she is making, once again, as I said earlier, an impact. Moment of the season so far happens in Essex. The first round of the BBL trophy, we saw all the teams converge on the city to play at the same time. What a wonderful idea and what a great concept. And that's this week's WBBL Focus. And now we move over to legend, friend, baller, David Aliou. We got BBL legend David Aliou in the house. How's it What's going, up, fellas? man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Good to see you, Dave, man. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Good to be here, mate. You retired in 2016. What you been up to? Um, once I finished playing, um, I started up my own club protection, so a security company. And I've got clients you know, all over the country and, and abroad, and I've jumped headfirst into that for the last six years. So yeah, that's why I've gone into securities from, from basketball, from the BBL. Now Dave, we've, we're obviously here visiting the Cheshire Phoenix. You've got a, a big connection with the Phoenix after captaining them for two seasons. Do you still keep up with the team? Yeah, um, you know, anytime I get any free time and the, the, the guys are playing, I always like to go down and watch. And plus my young, youngest daughter, she's like basketball obsessed. So every Phoenix game she goes to, she wants to go with dad, take me to the game. So, Whenever I get a chance, I always like to go and watch the games and keep up with it. Future basketball player on our hands? She can be whatever she wants, that kid, so, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. She's hella talented, but, I mean, the Phoenix are having a great season so far. Sit right outside the top three in a cluster of about five teams. What's your assessment of them so far? The biggest thing for me with the Phoenix, it's definitely the defensive intensity. I've noticed that over the last two seasons, how they bring it on defense. I've been really impressed with it, and I think that's what's the difference between... Chesh Cheshire Bowls are talented teams. But I think the team they've had the last two years, it's the, the defense that they bring as a, as a unit, which has got them in the position that they're in now. So that's the biggest difference I see. And there's no coincidence, they got three players in the top three in steals. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, just goes to your point. Yeah, no, definitely. And like I said, it's, it's, it's not even, like I said, I, I, I don't look at the offensive side of it. It's just, I've been that impressed with the defense. That's what's been making a difference in closing out games and wearing teams down. Obviously, you touched on the talent of the team. There's loads of talent in the league this season. Who have been some of your favorite players to watch? Yeah. Not just because he plays for the Phoenix, but Larry Austin. Um, I remember when he first came and I watched him, and I remember saying to some of the Phoenix guys, you know, he's a, he's a very special talent, that kid. You know, you want to try and keep hold of him for as long as you can. But he's always impressed me the most. But you've got London Lions, you know, that, that whole team is loaded. Yeah. Um, but I think just in general, the league as a whole, there's a lot more talent throughout. Definitely. Absolutely. Did you see that dunk by Larry Austin last year? He died. That was when I became a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the league, it's changed so much just that fast. What's your overall view of where the direction the league is headed? From an outsider looking in, just from, from, from what I see, I think the, the, the direction it's going in is fantastic. I think it's growing in, in, in such a rate on, on the upward scale. Like, you know, it's, it's, the future is really bright for it as long as it continues. Um, but yeah, no, I've seen a massive growth in it, especially from the social side of things as well. You know, I think I see teams pushing it a lot more on social, which is what's needed with, you know, from um, a team and from an individual standpoint as well. Now, Dave, you had stints with the Rocks, the Phoenix, the Giants, even the Mersey Tigers, if ever anybody can remember those. And we had so many good bat battles against each other. And one thing that always stood out to me was you know, always missing my assignment, leaving you open for a wide open three. And, you know, that was, we all know that was your specialty. You know, maybe help themselves in the backcourt. Aliou up for three. Second one of the game for him and second one of the game for the uh, Tigers. Nice job, I see. For you, what are your favorite memories in Knicks jersey? 
No, for the Phoenix, I always go back to it and I say it all the time to everybody I speak to. It's the fan base, it's it's how they make you feel. You know, the minute you sign for the Phoenix, the, the welcoming you get, you know, they welcome my family, my, my kids, and every single time I went to play a home game or even on the road, it's, the support you had was fantastic. So, for me, the biggest thing and the best memories from the Phoenix is definitely the fans. And over 3,000 points scored in your career, and I just knew whenever you got to that top of the key, it was a bucket. You know, so it's great to have you and catch up with you, my oh, man. No, it was a pleasure. Thank you. And what you guys are doing is amazing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Dave, Thanks man, we really appreciate your time here. And next up, top 10 plays of the week. Johnson going in, but William Lee averages almost four blocks a game. Looking to do something. Nice oh, and he move. does. Oh, and what a block by Green. That looked like a laying all day long. And oh, another triple my. from Dirk Williams. Oh. Only argument you can make for that one. Jeremiah Bailey somehow keeps control of the basketball despite slipping. And then an all-out bucket. Dime here, the no look behind the back. That is good night to the Lions fans. Yeah, see that quick look behind. Love the unselfish. Oh, and it's another fuck. Wow. Another amazing block by Hassan French. You look at his stats. You know, 15.17 rebounds, and that's his third block of the game. Yeah. Great rebounding. What a sick top 10 plays of the week. Utilita Arena Birmingham once again plays host to the British Basketball Cup Finals on Sunday, January 29th 
for a historic 20th edition. And things get heated as Mike, Jay, and myself break down this title bout in our hot topics. Okay, fellas, we got what we wanted. Leicester Riders versus the London Lions in the first piece of silverware. Mike, you played in this competition twice. You're two for two. Just describe the environment. Well, Drew, I'm glad you asked that because, yeah, I am two for two in that competition. <laughs> so I've been there, I've done it before, but man, this, like you said, this is the first piece of silverware that's up for grabs. And I think up to this point, the teams are kind of jockeying for position around the league, but then all of a sudden we have this mid-season tournament and the first piece of silverware is there for the taking. So it's exciting. It's a 16,000 seater arena. They fill it up. The atmosphere is absolutely electric. And speaking of filling it up, last year, the WBBL and the BBL set an attendance record. So I mentioned that you won. I'm gonna, I'm let's rewind a little bit. Just describe the feeling when you lifted up that trophy. Well, like I said, first piece of silverware up for grabs. This is, this, these are the moments that you wait for as a player, and this is the first one that you can get. So I think having it in the middle of the season is a great thing. It helps break up the season, but being there, being able to lift that trophy above your head really spurs you on for the rest of the season. Absolutely, it spurs you on and gives you the confidence to finish the season strong. Jay, the last time you attended this competition in person, you got to watch a guy named Charles Smith break the record with 39 points. Looking at the game in its entirety, both teams, I want you to pick one player who you think is capable of breaking that record. Well, first of all, thanks for the heartbreak. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think for me, I picked Sam Decker. And for the, the, the one thing that I love about him is, is how seriously he has embraced be in the face of the league, right? You know, many people saw the big name, they wondered how he would come into this. I think he's hungry, and I think he wants to make a statement in this first competition. I could see him having a monster game. Well, if I go to the other side, I look at Devante Bandu for the Leicester Riders. He's just come in, but if you look at his resume, Big 12, played at Baylor University, also was sixth man of the year in that great stack conference. And, but the reason why I give him the, the edge of possibly breaking is his shooting ability. 39% in college, but then in the NCAA tournament, he shot 66%. And we know that in these finals, you, you're looking at the depth perception and, sh and shooting is always a struggle because most teams don't play in that type of arena. So I think he's a guy that's capable of lighting up the scoreboard, but I'm gonna put both of you guys on the spot. Jay, starting with you, I want you to give us a winner and an MVP. Uh, London Lions. Sam Decker. It's gonna sound like there's a parrot in here, but yeah, London Lions and Sam Decker for sure. Well, I guess that makes three of us, cause fellas, I'm right with you guys. Is it my turn yet? Actually, actually he's right. Mike's gonna check in with the trophy MVP. Jake, let's get out of here. Larry Austin Jr., welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. Now Larry, let's rewind quickly. Last season, your first season in the league, you, you stumbled upon immediate success. You guys won the BBL trophy. You became trophy final MVP. How was your first season with the Knicks? Uh, my first season with the Knicks, it was great. You know, uh, the team embraced me. The, the coaching staff embraced me. Uh, the GM, the uh, owner, just everyone, the community, everybody embraced me. So right away, I felt comfortable. You know, I uh, felt com comfortable coming in, you know, able to do my thing. You know, didn't want to step on anyone's toes. You know, they just told me to go out there and play. 
And so that's what I did, you know, and I had a great time doing it, especially with those guys. And now, you know, you're back with your second season with the Knicks organization. What made you come back? Uh, you know, uh, last year I had like a half season. And then um, also uh, before that season, I also like just done half season. So, you know, I'm here, you know, I'm comfortable, uh, like I said, and I'm able to do a full season here. You know, uh, just get a full season under my belt. And then it's always good to come back to the same team, you know. Um, and also, we're depending on the uh, trophy, and we're in the trophy um, moving on right now. So uh, I think just coming back, being able to elevate my game some more, you know, work on the things that I need to work on, you know, coming back to a familiar place. I know the league, I know the refs, you know, I know the coaching staff, I know what I'm gonna get here. So I think just coming back was a great move for me. Now you're a guy who's played many different roles within this organization. You know, you've come off the bench to this season, you've been the primary ball handler to even being the off guard and, and the secondary uh, guard. So is your ability to embrace any role one of your biggest strengths? I think so. You know, uh, I think I'm able to adapt to anywhere the coach wants to put me on the floor. You know, uh, I just try to do anything to help the team win. You know, whether that's play defense, distribute the ball, score the basketball, you know, rebound, whatever it may be that uh, the coaching staff needs me to do to help the team win. So if I got to play the one, the two, the three, you know, I'm comfortable. You know, I'm comfortable in any spot, so. Now, you're definitely showing no signs of slowing down or hitting a sophomore slump. Talk about your season so far. I think it's on the up and up. You know, uh, I thought we, uh, as a team, I thought we started off slow. And as myself, I thought I started off slow as well. You know, I had a few uh, nicks, little injuries, you know, about overcoming those things. And then right now, um, I think I think it's on the up and up. You know, uh, I think it's coming up, coming together, and um, just keep pushing forward. Now, since the moment I saw you, you've always seemed like a guy who plays aggressive. You seem like you play with a chip on your shoulder every game. What drives you? Uh, I just think the hunger to win. You know, uh, that's what drives me. And also, where I grew up, uh, I'm from Springfield, Illinois, it's the Midwest. And you know, uh, like I'm my high school basketball team. Uh, I think. Like I always played up, like I was a freshman playing varsity. And then also when I was in grade school, I was always playing with the varsity team anyway. Um, so just playing with them and not backing down from them, you know, I think that gave me that dog in me, and, you know, just playing with the edge because they always thought they were like better than me because they were bigger than me, you know, stronger than me and things like that. So just always playing with the edge and seeing them play with that edge as well. So I just think it's instilled in me as well. Larry, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Guys, what a show. Let's say thanks to Larry, the Cheshire Phoenix organization, Moxie Hotels, what a vibe. Uh, and of course, our man here, Mike Tuck. Drew? Yes, sir. Lead us out. Guys, you know where to catch us. Make sure you head over to the BBL's YouTube channel. Subscribe, make sure you leave a review. But until then, you can catch us same time, different location here on the show. show.